Welcome to Weber Wenzel Legal Insights. With over 150 years of experience and deep industry knowledge, Weber Wenzel is the leading full-service law firm on the African continent. Tax deductibility of ESG-related expenditure. Let's get into it. My name is Cor Kramunkel and I'm a tax partner at Weber Wenzel in Johannesburg. With me today are two of my colleagues, Candice Mayer, a partner in our corporate uh, law team, as well as ESG champion uh, for a particular sector. And joining her is Margaret Vermaak, a senior associate also in our Johannesburg tax team. Today, we're discussing environmental, social and governance matters. And particularly, we're asking a few questions from a tax perspective. Now, in broad terms, uh, those criteria are used to measure sustainability and the ethical impact of a company. So from that high level, it's quite a journey to ultimately get to a few precise tax questions, but that's exactly what we're going to do. Before we jump into the tax questions, just, Candice, what is ESG? Just give us a, a broad sense to the listeners. Thanks, Cor. So ESG basically is an acronym standing for Environmental, Social and Governance. And effectively, we look at the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which were adopted by UN member states in 2015 as part of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. And those goals specifically aim to address global challenges and guide countries and organizations towards a more sustainable, equitable world by 2030. So we've got a, a looming deadline. Um, these SDGs, as we refer to, or these goals, cover social, environmental, and economic issues, and they're intended to promote prosperity while at the same time protecting the planet. So clearly, this is a topic of wide uh, relevance, but are there further guidance on exactly whom this will impact individuals, companies, South Africa? Just give us a feel for that, please. Yeah, so we don't have legislation per se that requires ESG standards to be adopted. But as lawyers, we're obviously advising on all aspects of ESG every day. If you think about environmental law, if you think about social aspects like employment, um, like BEE in our in our context, and then governance issues naturally. So those are just some of the few I can think of off the top of my head. But the environmental risks that we all face obviously permeate um, country level and down into organizational level. We're all affected by climate change. So one of the things you can think of practically is the need for renewable energy in South Africa, given all of us are impacted by load shedding. So you can see down to granular level, man on the street, um, as much as we all think this is an environmental concept when we hear ESG, um, it drills down and affects each one of us. And then naturally in South Africa, particularly social issues we face, like rising inequality, um, you know, like uh, unemployment and those matters that cause later social unrest, um, the disenfranchisement of many people in the from the economy and then our governance we talk to governance of our country as well as governance of companies which is essential in terms of sustainable economies and stability within the country turning our focus just to the to the tax world practically where we see ESG mostly coming in uh, and and the type of questions arising in practice can be classified in in one of three elements so the first one being tax transparency and disclosure now this is a a theme that is more advanced in certain of the first world countries where uh, there is particular legislative guidance on how and what you need to disclose in your financials from a tax perspective. South Africa is not there yet, but we're clearly seeing corporate groups moving forward and starting to be early adopters. And the ESG element impacting on how and what you report from a tax perspective is a golden thread then throughout the, the financials. 
The next area where we see ESG impacting is, let's call it the moral or the ethical debates uh, and considerations around tax and tax contributions. Now, the theme around or the discussion around so-called fair share of tax and whether or not there is a duty beyond uh, legislation or should you be interpreting tax legislation in a particular theme has been ongoing and it's not a new thing, but it is informed and further embundled by uh, the ESG conversation leading to groups, and there are practical examples of that, uh, particularly in South Africa in the COVID period where certain groups have, for example, chosen not to exercise certain COVID relief measures simply because they could afford it and they regarded it as their duty. Um, So that speaks to the sustainability and the social uh, welfare components thereof. And then lastly, and this is the most technical element of the three uh, uh, areas, and that's what do we do with ESG expenditure? A, a company or a group incurs amounts uh, under the guise, under the label of ESG expenditure. What do we do? And, I, and I'm thinking of a number of examples quickly. Costs incurred, it's coming in taking advice or getting inputs and calculations of carbon tax credits. The newly uh, introduced incentives around uh, solar energy or, or rather renewable energy uh, as a greater context. That's another example that, that could also be classified as ESG. And then depending on industry, and, and ESG is largely industry agnostic insofar as the, the themes are concerned, but there are in, for example, the mining industry, uh, certain mandatory costs that needs to be incurred, yet there's not necessarily a particular tax rule that deals exactly with how do you treat it. So what do we do? Well, the first point to to remember is there is no specific section of the Income Tax Act that you can go to and say, oh, well, here's my ESG section, and it allows me to do this, that, or the following. We start off with general principles, and the general principles speaks to have you incurred an expense for purposes of trade in the production of income, uh, not of a capital nature. So first and foremost, this is not for individuals. You need to be a business, be it uh, a sole proprietorship or a company or, or, or so forth. And secondly, the expenditure also must not be of a capital nature. So unless there's a specific rule, something like, for example, installing a solar panel, would be of a capital nature, or most likely be because it's a long-term benefit, et cetera, et cetera. Luckily, there are case-specific rules that may allow for a deduction or allowance in that context. So the takeaway is no particular space to refer to in the Income Tax Act, general principles to be applied, and that makes it a case-by-case analysis that in general terms you can't say expenditure A, B, and C will always be deductible and DEF will never be deductible. It's going to be influenced by the case-specific. And on that note, to just make it a little bit more real, um, I'd like to invite Margaret just to talk us through a few practical examples uh, that she's encountered in practice where ESG expenditure was incurred and tell us how the tax treatment followed from there. Thinking of ESG and what you've mentioned around expenditure being incurred in terms of legislation, there are two examples that comes to mind. First being expenditure that is often required to be expended by taxpayers in terms of NEMA, which is the National Environmental Management Act. Now, it goes without saying that there are certain nuances to it, but essentially, in order to proceed with certain projects, often energy projects, taxpayers are required to incur expenditure for the conservation of biodiversity or to mitigate disturbances of ecosystems. In order to ultimately obtain environmental authorization to proceed with the relevant project, all of which fits very nicely into the ESG rubric. 
Now, in this regard, we were tasked to consider the deductibility of these expenditure, considering it was mandatory in terms of legislation. But then to your point around applying the general rules, we had to take a step back and analyze the expenditure against the general criteria. And in this instance, a taxpayer acquired a piece of land. So we concluded that it would probably not be deductible on the basis of expenditure being capital in nature. The second example that comes to mind is expenditure being incurred by mining companies. Also, as you've mentioned, um, often required to be expended in terms of their mining rights. So in this instance, there was a court case earlier this year, and on a high-level basis, it involved the expansion of a mining pit. And unfortunately, the area to which they planned to expand was occupied by a community. Long story short, the taxpayer decided to literally relocate the whole community, which included existing roads, railways, water, electricity, infrastructure, housing, the works. Now, this clearly was not only necessary from a mining's operation perspective, but it was also the responsible and the right thing to do, again, very nicely into the ESG agenda. So ultimately, the taxpayer built new houses, which was given to the community, so ownership of the houses transferred. In terms of the electricity lines and the railways, the taxpayer reconstructed electricity lines for ESCOM and railways for Transnet before they could continue with the expansion project. The question then arose, well, are these expenditure deductible? So apart from the general rules that you spoke about earlier, our tax legislation does contain special mining provisions, which allows for a broader criteria for deductibility, meaning expenditure that will normally not be deductible due to it being capital in nature may actually be deductible if you conduct mining operations. That said, the court held that the expenditure was not incurred in respect of the taxpayer's mining operations, or rather its mining right, in addition, the court also held that the taxpayer was attempting to claim deductions for infrastructure that neither belongs to them nor will be used by them in their mining operations, such as the electricity lines and the housing. So, notably, the taxpayer is taking this matter on appeal to the Supreme Court of Appeal, and one of the grounds of appeal specifically is to obtain clarity on the deductibility of ESG expenditure, such as the relocation of a community, since these expenditure clearly does not fit into a specific box for deductibility and therefore is obviously creating uncertainty. In this case, if the, if the facts were different, let's say it was infrastructure that they would own and would use in their production of their income, then maybe it would have been different. But the facts now obviously cause for it to not be deductible. On the other hand, um, to step away from the negativity of it, um, thinking of typical expenditure that should be deductible, like you mentioned, is the installation of solar panels, for instance. While the panels itself may be capital in nature, taxpayers are allowed to sometimes claim the capital allowances against the expenditure, essentially resulting in the claim of the cost over a period of time. And then perhaps even on a smaller scale, if a company engages in a community cleanup project, one would think that expenditure incurred to buy refuse bags, the transport to have the bags collected and removed, those kind of things one would ex expect to be deductible. So I guess from my side and the bottom line being, as you've always also said, um, we do not have set in stone rules and expenditure will have to be assessed on a case by case basis. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you, Candice. Uh, it's a wide topic. Much can be said. Bottom line, from a tax perspective, generally no particular rule. Case by case, applying ordinary principles. Thank you for listening. You have been listening to Weber Wenzel Legal Insights.
You can find and subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms. For more expert legal insights and updates, visit WeberWenzel.com.